0: You're listening to Real Estate for Real People, hosted by the Stone Sisters. The Stone Sisters have built an award-winning realty business, and they're here to share some of their knowledge with you. A new episode drops every Thursday. If you enjoy the show, please share it with a friend and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And visit www.stonesisters.com for more information just like this.
1: So, hi, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Real Estate for Real People. Tamara and I are really looking forward to sitting down with our guest today. So We are going to be talking with Murray Klingbeil from Amerispec Homes. So He's a local home inspector here. Murray, you've been doing home inspecting homes for a long time. How many years?
0: Well, I've been out at 30 years. So uh, 1992 is when I wow. started. Wow. And that was Over 11,000 inspections ago.
1: Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, I know when,
2: when I got in the business in, you know, a few years later, 1995, and our mom and dad were still selling homes at that time, and they said, this is the only home inspector you're going to need. Like, this is the guy. And... You're still the guy. Yes.
0: <laughs> it's been an honour working with your family for 30 years.
2: Wow. Yeah, amazing. Ah, that's pretty special. That's pretty neat. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Let's let's delve right in and, and you know, talk about the ins and outs. I mean, I think, first of all, it's really nice that we're back to a, a more calm market, a less frenzied mm-hmm. pace where you can actually get a home inspection again. and And people
1: are wanting home inspections again. And we love that because you want and encourage people to get a home inspection. I mean, you need to know a home.
0: Of course you do. And it, I, I feel sorry for many of the people that were forced into those mm-hmm. uh, no-subject sales and uh, they couldn't, couldn't get a home inspection should they want to, yeah. and many of them now are finding all the problems that they sure wish they knew about. Yeah, I know.
2: Do you ever get called back, Murray? I mean, it's interesting because we we certainly had clients. We had listings that that had, you know, 10, 15 offers. There weren't any inspections done. Uh, We also had buyers who would come in and purchase a home, one of 15 offers, and they, they couldn't have done an inspection. Does anybody get you to come back after the fact? They own the home and...
0: Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. And Would uh, be a good idea. It, it is because, I mean, how often do people look in their attic? And that's where the yeah. mold is. That's where the ex-grow-up was. That's where the rats are living.
2: Yes. And,
0: uh, you know, it's, it's just so many things, so many landmines that you can step on when you're buying an older home. Wow. And the older it is, the more problems you're going to have.
1: So let's jump in and talk about that a little bit. So Kelowna, I mean, we have houses that are here for a lot of our listeners that aren't from the Okanagan area. We get lots of people coming from Vancouver and Toronto, and it's, you know, it's different there than it is here. And we do have houses that are built in the 40s and the 50s. And what are some things for people to look for in those? I mean, we've got some houses that are built even
2: earlier than that. We just but. sold one that was built uh, before um, before 1900, so.
0: Yes. But the majority of the housing stock in the Okanagan is relatively young compared to other parts of the country. Yeah, Absolutely, We're spoiled here. Like you've, you've got your pockets of uh, um, 1940s houses after World War II. Mm-hmm. There's the odd um, plantation or or orchardist house that can be easily over a hundred years old. Yeah. But the majority of our housing stock is relatively new, mm-hmm. and fortunately, we have. So many really good contractors here in town. So you, I love here,
2: that. That's nice to hear. And you're, and you're right. We do. We have,
0: particularly in the fifties, sixties, and seventies, when it's the European craftsmen that came over. The houses right. like Lombardy Square, all of that sixties. My favorite stock of house. Wow, oh, interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. They're I'm-
0: square. the The masonry work is excellent from the Italians, and uh, they're they're um, really well built.
1: Wow. And now something to watch for, just as realtors that we're aware of, is going into some of the houses of an older vintage that has asbestos. Yes. So, and that's something that you, you kind of red flags for you, or?
0: The rules now are, according to Worksafe BC, any house built from 1990 to the beginning of time can have asbestos content in it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's over 2,000 building materials that contain asbestos. It's a wonderful building product, all except for that cancer stuff. Right. right so in the 40s 50s 60s 70s and and in my humble experience petered out in the early 80s but okay let's say bc raised the bar just for everybody's protection yeah but your usual culprits are um, drywall compound, textured ceilings, ceiling tiles, insulation on on heating ducts, insulation. That's in the, the big one we space. hear about,
2: right? The tape that goes, <laughs> yeah. the tape that goes around the the furnace yeah. ducts.
0: Yeah, and then the the most expensive one is the vermiculite insulation that's that can right. be in the attics or the walls. Right. And it, a, a thousand square foot house is going to be somewhere around the fifteen thousand dollar range to have that material remediated. Okay, um,
1: that was going to be on my next question now you know we've had houses before um where we've negotiated or been in negotiating an offer on and it has asbestos in the drywall in the flooring and mm-hmm. you know and so do you recommend to remove all that or is it still the same thing as long as you're not touching it it's okay
0: that's the golden rule yeah. perfectly harmless if it's left undisturbed but i would like to say uh, up until probably three or four years ago probably 80% of all house renovations are done with no permits. Correct. Now, when you go to do a renovation on a house that's 1990 or older, as part of your building permit process, you have to get a risk report for any contractor that's going to come in your house. So they have to Mm. come and sample the materials in the area where you're going to do your renovation. And if it has asbestos content, the dollar signs start increasing big. Yeah. So now, instead of 80%, it's probably 90% of the buildings that are done with no permits.
2: Wow. Oh, interesting, Interesting. the effect that that had. Mm -hmm. Much more money, right? Well, and I know, you know, we're going in houses all the time, and we often, you know, of course, we always ask somebody, you did some work here, we can see you renovated, did you get a permit for that? Nope, did it myself. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of them, I think the standard thing, people say, well, I didn't need a permit, all I was doing was... Knocking out a wall, all I did was expand the kitchen. All I did I didn't was move sp- electrical, so I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> we hear it a lot.
0: You would be surprised at how little needs to be done that requires a permit.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Like what?
0: Uh one partition wall that you install in a basement needs a permit.
1: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So it's uh oh, everything really needs a much. permit. Yep,
2: pretty much everything. So that's good, good rule of thumb. Good for to use. us to know. Tell us, if if you could, if you had to say what the top three scariest things are in home inspections, top big warning flags that you would see.
0: Sure. Number one, the worst enemy of any house or structure next to fire is water. Right. So Mother Nature is always trying to take her raw materials back. (laughs) So she's slowly digesting your house, your car, our bodies. If you can keep a good roof on it, keep it well-sided and keep it well-painted. And if you're in a dry area, houses last centuries, as you can see in Europe. Right. Right. But she's beating it to death with her termites, her carpenter ants, the wind, the the freeze-thaw process. So all of that requires regular maintenance. And if Mm -hmm. people take care of their house, it lasts a long time. So the, the biggest things that you can find, number one, is always major structural issues. Yeah. Okay. And again, we're so fortunate here because m- the majority of our building soil substrate is, is good here. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. granite. We're, we're heavy gravel crush. There is some sections of town that have some expansive clay soil that can be tough yeah. on mm-hmm. foundations. So that would be your number one The number two most expensive thing that you're going to run into is soil contamination from a leaking underground fuel oil storage tank.
2: Okay, right. Okay. Do we do we have a lot of that in Kelowna? I mean, I I don't hear about a lot of it, but maybe we're just you know they go out in the night and (laughs) (laughs) take it away. (laughs) Well, and they do sometimes. Yeah.
0: But any house in the valley that is call it sixty years old or older many Mm -hmm. of those neighborhoods had no natural gas. So if the house was forced air heat, nine times out of ten, it was fuel oil. And 50% Mm. of the time, the oil tank was above ground and it was just hauled away and it's it's Mm -hmm. gone. But they're ugly, so people bury them. And then um, when you do switch to natural gas, the process, you're supposed to get a permit, so they pump the tank dry, fill it with sand so Mm -hmm. it doesn't collapse over time. Uh, that's the way it's supposed to be done. But even if it's done correctly, now the insurance companies want the tank gone, so it wow. still requires yeah. excavation and removal, and you got to get a permit for that. Wow! So that can easily be four to five thousand dollars just to get. And, it. and okay. how do
2: people know? Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, can you tell Murray that there's. You, uh, you can see, I know, I remember in, in some houses that you've inspected for me that, that you'd say, you know, there are lines going from mm-hmm. the mechanical room outside. I suspect there was an underground tank.
0: Correct. Then the next step is you hire a company that's got uh, the, the technological Sonar, equipment, right? Right. Ground penetrating radar. And so it's very accurate as long as they can pass the machine over where the tank is. But often they're buried under the under the deck and he can't get his machine on there. Oh or they're they're covered in, in vegetation that's been planted. Right. And you know, as a general rule of thumb, they bury the tank where it's easiest for the guy to come fill it with the truck.
2: Yeah. So right. take
0: a look where the driveway is and that's primarily where they're located.
1: And how many times do you see a house that has a tank or has remnants of a s- sign. Con- or contaminated soil.
0: Well, I, I, again, you're, you're going back to... Do the, you have three
2: uh, hours, by the way? Just- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can keep you guys here for weeks, know, to be this honest is,
2: This is good.
0: <laughs> but uh, um, once that ground-penetrating radar finds the tank, then they can pull the cap and see if it's been properly decommissioned. And let's hope it is. if it isn't, if it's empty, because over time, nobody abandons their oil furnace with a full tank of oil. So it's usually empty. So there's lots of room Mm. for condensation that rots the bottom of the tank and then all the oil leaches into the soil. So part of the process, when you get your permit to have it removed, a representative from Environment Canada comes and hops in the hole and takes a sample. And you better hope that it's not contaminated. Wow! Because now it's all got to be professionally remediated, dug up all the way to the proper site. Um, I have and it can leach
2: into neighboring properties as well. Yes,
0: I, uh, my worst, worst one was a, uh, a property on Ethel, one of the old heritage houses, leaked into both neighbors because of the high water table. Yes, and it was three hundred thousand dollars to do. The oh
2: my! Wow. 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 And there would be no of course there's no insurance against something like that. There's you just and and you can't delay that. I mean once it's discovered, you that's it. Something it needs to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. Wow. Something to really think about when you're purchasing
0: an older home. Yeah. And like I say, if the if the neighborhood has had gas, like primarily most of the city had natural gas in the sixties. But any of your outlying areas. Right. Right. Your your farms, orchards, all of that, but there's no gas. The you had two options: electric or oil, and oil was considerably cheaper. Than right.
2: Well, we still see that there are neighborhoods in you know perhaps not right in the in central Kelowna itself, but areas out on the outskirts where there isn't natural gas and they've got no. propane. Yeah, but they're above ground, and I know they're regulated and inspected and so on.
0: That's right. Propane is non-issue. I have it at my own house.
2: Interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah I live on an acreage with. No yeah. Natural yeah.
2: Things. Yeah. So it's just that those underground oil tanks. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, that's
0: that's the big one.
1: And um, what's another? Because you've said two. I think you said there's. three. Well, the
0: the other one that is devastating is grow ops.
2: Yes. yes. And let's talk about that. But, you know, if if we can, because we, you know, I, I we don't see a huge amount of them, but we've certainly mm-hmm. got them. I wonder what the difference is going to be, or how it will affect things now that people can legally. Yeah, have a grow up, and I know they're really hard to get financing on, and, and l- love to hear some and insurance. Yeah.
0: And you bring up an excellent point. Back some years ago, before the legalization of marijuana, a grow up was a kiss of death to anybody trying to sell a house. Mm, yeah, for that very reason, unless you're paying cash or fifty percent down, and then you got to go see the leg breaker for your thirteen yeah. percent mortgage, yeah. you couldn't get financing. Yeah, and. Nobody told the bad guys that it's not a grow-up anymore. So the insurance companies are afraid of it because somebody yeah. can come kick in that door in the middle of right. the night and they're that's right. Of so course. They were bad. But uh. now that it's legal and everybody can have a certain amount of, of plants legally, mm-hmm. where do you draw the line?
1: Uh. And that's it. And do you find a huge significant amount of moisture in those properties? Is it some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If,
0: if the guys really know what they're doing, it does zero damage to the house. Okay. And so they, they basically build a, uh, a room in the basement. It's framed. It's all tightly sealed. And then the favorite trick is they take the toilet off the mount in the basement and vent everything in the sewer.
1: Wow. So
0: it does zero damage to the house other than the electrical alterations. Yeah. Right. Where they steal the power ah. upstream of the meter. And then they conceal that, so you, you you have to watch for shoddy drywall drywall repairs. Where your overhead service mast comes in, mm. where they you know, the classic 1970s Rutland split-level entry, with the yeah. yep. overhead service lateral is the easiest ones to steal power, because wow. they can cut a hole in the wall beside the fireplace to get to the pipe. And now you don't call the power guys and say, can you turn the power off so I can tap in? So they take a grinder and they grind that pipe, split it open like a sardine can, use a blowtorch to melt all the insulation off of the wires, and then whoever drew the short straw on the crew has to attach.
2: Oh my gosh, really?
0: Dead serious. And how many of these do you see, Murray? Much less than before,
2: right? Because we used to see mm-hmm. a lot of them. I, uh, you know, well, I know you had educated me about how to, yeah. what to look for. Yeah,
0: I would say the height of it was probably the mid yeah. two thousands, mid two thousand four five, six. That's when that was uh, the peak. Good old BC Bud was worth as much as cocaine, pound for pound. Wow, there was huge money in it. So, I mean, people would would rent million dollar houses. Yeah. And turn them into a big old grow up.
1: Well, I remember Tamara going through a few mm-hmm. back then. And it was crazy. We would see the devastation that would be left afterwards. And you know, all the little like remember the staples mm-hmm. in the ceiling for them to, you know, mm-hmm. tarp or everything carpet, out, out
2: and the or the dirt you just know. put right on top of the carpet. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. And um the poor landlord that was unaware of it, mm-hmm. now once it gets busted
2: it's forever stigmatized yeah. it's forever got the label that it was a grow-up even yeah. if it's fully remediated yeah. and the always
0: professional remediation is so expensive right yeah. so those are your big ones Wow yeah. and you know the usual is is uh, uh, um, particularly the older houses in town that were m- most affordable for first-time buyers. Mm-hmm. Well, it's changed hands 10 or 12 times. Everybody's renovated it. Uh, nobody's an electrician. Nobody's yes. a plumber. Yes. You know, those kind of things. Right. Um, other relatively expensive issues are termites, termite yep. infestation.
2: Right. And I didn't know that we had termites in
0: the Okanagan. And neither did I until I moved here.
2: Wow. Yeah. 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 It's not and talked about much, and is,
0: understandably. No one wants to admit. Is it
1: bad, the termites that we have here? or Depends what neighborhood you're in. And it's sort of, if if I got this right, and I think you told me this before, termites, they sort of follow a path, right? Sort of like ants, they kind of, is that right?
0: Well, termites don't live in your house. Termites live in an underground colony. The the, the termites we have here are subterranean termites. Mm -hmm. So they only come to your house to forage for cellulose. They want your wall studs. They want your cardboard boxes that are on the ground. They want the, the cardboard skin on your drywall. Anything that's cellulose. So it's the workers mm. that do the damage to the house. They consume that cellulose and they go back to the nest, regurgitate it to feed the little ones. Wow.
2: Okay? And you can tell that there are termites in a house. How? The, yeah, good
0: the question. The number one thing that you're looking for is shelter tubes. So a termite mm. dies when it's exposed to the atmosphere. Okay. Termite is about the same size and color as a grain of rice. Okay.
2: Okay. So...
0: In order, when they're underground and they butt up against your foundation, now they've got to cross that six inches of foundation to get to the wood. They build shelter tubes. So from their saliva, their excrement, and whatever building materials they can get, they build these tubes. It looks like the inside of a crunchy bar. And so yeah. when, you okay. find, when you find an active... I don't know
2: that I can eat a crunchy bar ever <laughs> again now. You wrecked it for me. Part uh, of me is thanking you.
0: <laughs> but if you find that shelter tube and you break it open, if it's active, you'll see them Ugh. coming and going like really? a Really? And
2: how big are the shelter tubes often? Uh, I feel like I've seen that before. No, I don't know, but my skin is crawling. about the
0: size of one of these mic stands. Wow. So they're that
2: wide? Oh, yeah.
1: And if you opened it up and it was active,
0: would there be full of... Well, there's some coming and some going. Oh, my gosh, and, that's so gross. And uh, but
2: Good to know, though. Everybody listening, go home today and walk around the perimeter of your house or, uh, well, or inside?
0: Wherever there's exposed foundation. And the other thing right. you want to look for is wings from the swarmers, okay? So there's a couple of times a year where they swarm to start new colonies. And so they leave behind. Usually the, the number one spot that I find them is in the utility room around the water heater. Yeah. Because they another famous entry point is where the slab meets the foundation wall. Yeah. That's where they can come out. And they like the heat of the water heater if it's gas-fired. I've heard
2: that. I knew that one, to look mm-hmm. on top of a hot water yeah.
0: heater, I was always told. And freezers. Okay, so the freezers oh. downstairs and the compressor yeah. generates vibration and heat. Ah. It's another spot that's a favorite for them.
2: Okay, good to know. Wow. Now, let's before we run out of time here. Um so a lot of the things we've been talking about apply to single family detached housing. Let's jump over for a moment if we can to condos. You know, we're sitting in a beautiful new condo. A
0: beautiful new
2: one. Yeah, so this one's probably fine.
0: Yeah, this one will be This one will be fine. Fine depending on um how good the engineers were putting the foundations in as we know from yes. Right. the street. Yes, right. Yes, but no this thing will be beautiful. It, it would have passed all the municipal building inspectors before anybody got their occupancy permit right And new construction of this quality um, very few problems mm-hmm. okay However, going back some years, there's certain building materials that were a really good idea at the time mm-hmm. that turned yeah. out to not be so good right right And the one that you have to watch for in in condos which ran from 1995 to 2008. Oh, wow. They were plumbed with a material called Kitec. K-I-T-E-C. Right. And so the primary problem there is the fittings were built poorly. They used way too much zinc and not enough brass and copper. So Mm. the fittings dissolve over time. Wow. And they get like Swiss cheese and they burst and they leak.
1: And that's interior of the building. So that could leak anywhere in the building. Anywhere. Gross. And so what are the ages of that again?
0: From 1995 to 2008. Wow. Okay, good so to know. It's easily spotted if you know what to look for. And wow. so what do we look for? Okay, you're going to look for color of the pipe, and you're going to look for markings on the fittings. So right. if you have orange piping on the hot side, yes. it's Kytec. Ah, If you have Robin's mm. egg blue, and it's stamped right on it, Kai Ten.
2: I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. And so when this is discovered, insurance companies don't like it. They're wanting all mm-hmm. of it to be replaced. Have I got that correct?
0: It depends on the history of the building.
2: Mm-hmm. Like anything,
0: some production runs are better than others. Mm-hmm. Some have never had an issue. Others have had numerous catastrophic floods. Yeah. Can't get insurance anymore. Building must be replumbed.
2: Wow. wow. So At significant cost. S- we, we were talking before we started filming of yes. you know, $15,000 assessments yes. per unit, per yes. door. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, really, uh, it makes you realize and understand the importance of having you, having, having a reliable, reputable, honest home inspector come and check all of this out.
0: It's a pretty good idea, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> well, and there
1: are so many things. I mean, really, I think we're going to have to have you come back onto the show so yeah, we can talk and do
2: all a these part other two, things. Actually, sure. would be great. Let's do another one, sure, and so and have things. you talk about all the things we didn't get to talk about today.
1: So quickly before we finish up, because we are running out of time. And I'm sorry, because this is this has been quick. But if you were to give advice to a buyer, if your top three things of advice, what would they be?
0: Talk to the neighbor.
2: Mm. I love that.
0: So does the septic system need to be pumped out every month? Did the Harley riders used to wash their motorcycle parts with gasoline in the kitchen sink? Was it a beat-to-death rental forever? Was it a grow-up?
2: Wow. Yeah, so smart. To the neighbor, that is genius because I think people rarely ever speak to a neighbor until they move in. And then the neighbor comes racing over to go, by the way, this was a grow-up and nobody disclosed things. So
0: Exactly. And if you can find out who the matriarch of the neighborhood that's been there forever, they can tell you, oh, yeah, I remember Bob put a new roof on there 12 years ago or whatever, but they're Mm -hmm. a wealth of of information. Absolutely. Great
1: advice. Yeah, great advice. Anything else? For those buyers, talk to the neighbors. A great one.
2: I love that.
0: Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, take a good walk through the house when you're looking at it and bring a flashlight and check Mm. inside closets. Okay. Any, if the house has had major foundation issues, everybody patches the cracks you see. Nobody patches in the closets.
1: Ah, That's also, oh.
0: also where the, the about 8 to 10 inch roughly cut in ceiling hole for venting the grow up will be. Wow. So you'll right. be able to see the terrible patch job. And it's just uh, take a really good look for structural issues and grow up. I love that. In the closet, I love
2: that. Well, dad, you know, back when I got into Mm -hmm. the business, and our dad's little trick was to to get a marble. And when you're out showing houses, you always kept a marble in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Put it on the counter, put it on the floor, and see how level things are. Now our agents, typically when they're out showing, Mm -hmm. will also keep a measuring tool, you know, a laser tool or what have you, to verify measurements, Mm -hmm. but a flashlight. Add that to your uh, toolkit. Yeah, and everybody's got one. one on their phone. It's so true. It's so true. And just to
1: walk in and, yeah.
2: And have a good look at all the things that might be hidden. And that's where the mold is. Wow. Right. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about that. No. another time. We'll (laughs) have you back. We will. Thank you again so, so much. So what is your website? So we're going to link all of it um, below.
0: Uh, Amerispec.ca, Okanagan. Beautiful. Okay. And
1: people can find you on there and book home inspections and... Murray, here, thank anytime. you. Yes, this was that amazing. Was fantastic. So if and you were looking for a home inspector, contact Murray Klingville. He has done amazing work for lots of our clients. So.
2: Over how many did you say? Over
0: 11,000.
2: 11,000 11, home inspections. And That's we're doing good. this over
1: 30 years. So <laughs> I think that says it all. <laughs> thank,
2: thank you ladies. so much. And thank, thank you for you. listening.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Real Estate for Real People. If you want to reach out to the Stone Sisters, visit www.stonesisters.com. This podcast was produced by Podigy Podcasts. See you next time.